0: We what we're trying to do is we're trying to get a better sense of what actually we do doing when we learn Gomorrah and step number one step number two is to come up with a methodical approach to begin steps one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight however many steps there are in the learning of a Mishnah a Gomorrah, a Rashi, a tesis, how's it all going to work out what's the strategy that we take in terms of the notion of strategy whenever you're dealing with any any um, endeavour, whether it be how to study for an exam, or how to put on training, or how to make a relationship work. So, strategy is always something that you want to keep in mind. Because if you don't have a strategy, what you're essentially doing is groping about in the dark. And the chances of you having a maximum productivity when you're groping around in the dark, are very slim. So, you want to find a strategy to do something. So, now, there could be possibly no better area to apply a strategy than when it comes to Gemara. And yet, even though that said, many people flounder around the Gemara, and for years and years, they just caught in the fog, seeing it as one big sea of words, not knowing what to do first, second, third, and fourth. And the goal of the series of Shirim is to dispel all that fog, to um, absolutely eliminate, decimate the ultimate enemy of the Talmudic student, who is vagueness waiting to pray behind every line and to cause us to dwell in the fog and to come up with a very clear-cut approach. That all being said, it doesn't necessarily mean that the way I presented you and the kind of phrases that I've used and all the stuff that I've done, it works for me, it may not work for you, you can adapt it, you can make it your own, just like any kind of method when you're taught it, so then you're always going to find your own personal expressions, probably by tweaking things here and there. That's perfectly fine. This is not Tomei Sinai, this is just my way of phrasing something which happens to be all information which I've gleaned from the Ushanim Nakhranim. And what we said is as follows. Um that after discussing the ultimate principle of what Gomorrah learning is about which we said just as much as tennis is bounce, hit and the ultimate club of basketball is It's important to think about It's interesting because you know after Tim Galloway wrote The Inner Game of Tennis he then went on to teach himself golf Using his method of how how he, he was coaching himself, and then write the end game of golf when's, when's, where's, where's the golf win. I need it. Ben, I, yeah, I
1: play golf too. but Ben's a way big
0: golf. So so he actually yeah. So so the, those are all individual aspirations. they team. They're not team sports. So you could make an inner game of shooting a basketball, great. But playing a team sport. I I, I, I would imagine that you could. Really? But okay, but think about it. But think about it. But think about it. Think about it. But the ultimate club of just like Natan, the ultimate claw of tennis is bounce hit, bounce hit. The ultimate claw of learning Gamora is read, think. Read think. As opposed to other (laughs) texts where it's to read, 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 read. Yeah it's read and think. Because the text itself makes no sense. Because the reason why Agamara is presented in the form that's presented is to teach us how to think. And therefore, if you read as a text and your expectation is, this is going to give me information. No, it's not going to give you information. It's going to teach you how to process information. So it's going to be deliberately cryptic. It's going to be ambiguous. It's going to leave out background information. It's going to have half-finished sentences. Because all that stuff is the most basic food for your brain in terms of giving you the information on the spot it is terrible for that, absolutely so if you come into the wrong mindset and you're looking for Gomorrah as a mechanism of providing you with information it, you, your your frustration levels grow to new heights but if you're there saying ok, this is going to be hard because this is going to get me to switch my brain on volume number 3000 ok, so I get it. and say, so this makes no sense, this makes no sense I don't understand, what could this mean, what does this mean and you translate it and then it's cryptic and you try again So there's essentially what comes out, this is an amazing point, that if we can just just cut that aircon, please. When I say aircon, I mean air depriver. Uh, (laughs) Off. Off 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 off, please. So when you when you come to Gomorrah, you'll start to realise I don't know if you've realized this already, that the Gomorrah is fundamentally a completely unfinished text which means there's no such thing as a Gemara there's no such thing as a Gemara because there's not enough words on the page for a complete thought process to be spelled out and that's why the Rishonim, their relationship even if it's the Rashbam and Toysvis their relationship to the Gemara is not something on the side it's something within what the Rishonim do is they fill in the gaps which are missing in the text but essentially, before we get into the that's what we should do. And that's why you can fill in those gaps in a number of different ways. And therefore, when you've got a Gemara that the Rashbam comments on, and traces comments on differently, it's not that you have now a Gemara with a Rashbam and a traces, You've got a Gemara which looks like this through the eyes of the Rashbam, and a Gemara that looks like that through the eyes of the toysis. They're two radically different Gemaras. And they're two radically different Shasim. So really, it comes out, as many as we're the showing them there are that differ over the understanding of the Gemara, that's how many Shasim there are. I don't know if you've ever understood that point before. Hopefully in the course of your learning you'll understand it better and better and better and better. But let's go back to what we do. What we're discussing is the basic three phases of a thought pros- process and how that applies to the study of a Mishnah. The three stages of a thought process, every thought process begins with, has to begin with input. After input you process it, sometimes it's called elaboration and finally you do something with what you've done you, the way you thought about it which is called output those are the three stages three phases of a thought process in terms of text analysis which now this will translate into our strategy of how to approach a Mishnah there's two things we do before we even begin what's called the 353 math Mishnah analysis technique and that is we read it aloud in a happy voice and very loud voice because the volume of your voice requires you to make commitments in regard to punctuation and understanding whereas if you mumble it you won't do that which forces you to awaken your subconscious to try to figure together some kind of chat, which is a really great test for your brain and then finally make sure you read and translate it accurately because if your translation is an inaccurate translation so then at the input stage if the input if the stuff that you put into your brain is wrong so when you process it it will be wrong and you are will be wrong so if you get it wrong over here so then you can spend hours and hours and hours doing absolute rubbish and that's why it's absolutely absurd that people attempt to learn Gemara without a solid knowledge of Hebrew grammar because basically what you're saying is my input will never be correct which means I'll never ever be able to learn anything in my entire life because since that's the basic point the starting point of everything I do thereafter if that is corrupted everything else will be corrupted so people that are incapable of translating Gemaras with accuracy which means they know the seven binyanim and they know past, present, future and they know how the different nouns work and the, the suffixes and the prefixes then they can begin the process. If they don't know that they are simply wasting their time. Because what they're doing they're mistranslating and then saying a gavad on something which never was there and never will be there. Shkoyach. Well done. So once you understand the, the different stages of the thought process, so then you view your way of learning very differently. If you don't understand the language, it's almost absurd that people think that they can keep on learning even though they don't have a thorough working knowledge of the Hebrew language. It's almost like if I give you a text in Greek and I say, how about you learn this? You say, I don't really understand Greek. so like, you'll get the hang of it. How exactly will I get the hang of it? If you want to learn a language, you want to know a language, you have to learn the language. You have to know the rules by which the language functions. And in Hebrew, it's very subtle. Because the word, if, you, if I write this word, it depends on the context. It could mean, we will guard. It could mean, it was guarded. Now, in terms of Rashi, that could make enormous amounts of difference. So, since it's true that input is a basic component to make sure that your thought processes don't get corrupted along the way... You have to know Hebrew grammar and that's going to be part and parcel of RNT which means read and translate and that means do it accurately. For translations, even something as subtle if you translate as a plural and really it's a singular or it's past and really it's present you can mess up the whole thing because of that. It has to be to the T. It has to be exact. I think that's just called being responsible in your learning. Anything else is just being utterly and totally irresponsible and negligent. I want to get that point across very, very clearly. Was that clear? Was there any level of ambiguity in what I said? Okay. How many people have a thorough working knowledge of Hebrew? Raise your hands. How many people are pursuing a thorough working knowledge in Hebrew? Okay. Excellent. Because if you're not then you're wasting your time and you'll never be able to learn. What will you be able to do? You'll be able to float around and say something which coincidentally may come out as right but it won't be because of your thorough approach. Next. Once you see the Mishnah you have to do what's called find the structure which is Structure proper is our ultimate method That means in terms of Thinking, read, think That's one, that's one basic When you make that class Slightly more explicit It becomes what kind of thinking Do I do? Define structure Ask questions, shift my paradigm Define structure Ask questions, shift my paradigm Define structure, ask questions, shift my paradigm Define. That's it, that's learning in a nutshell I find the structure Get all the parts Okay, there are five parts This one does this That one does this Okay, good Okay, now it does Now, one second But why does this do this And couldn't have done that And that? Okay And the reason why I did this is So how do you do that In the context of a Mishnah When you see a Mishnah You have to divide it up Into the parts You say, wow Wow, what does wow mean? What are the parts? How many? And why in this order Now as Jeremy pointed out Why in this order Is already a Is going to Lead us into Dips which are the five different kinds of questions you ask on the Mishnah, and it goes already into processing. It's a kind of the bridge between simple reading comprehension, which is a lower order thinking skill. Sean, reading comprehension is lower order thinking skill means that I have the capacity to read through the words, translate them, and tell you what I've read through and translated but when you get onto processing so then you start to go into the it's intra-textual but you start to figure out the way that the different parts of the text relate to one another and what they do you look for extraneous fact, etc 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 yes David does Po Papa uh, po, does that stand for power investigating is that what that says power questioning power structure question. stands for structure power questioning paradigm shift structure structure Papa structure Papa get the structure power question Shift your paradigm, get the structure. Power question. Shift your paradigm, get the structure. Power question. Okay. Comes to Mishnah, get the structure. Power questioning, Shift your paradigm. Comes to Gemara, get the structure. Much more complex in the Mishnah. Much more complex the Mishnah. Ask the question. Shift your paradigm. Comes to Rishonim, get the structure. Power questions. Shift your paradigm. Comes to Tosfos, get the structure. Power Tosfos. Shift your paradigm. If we don't get the structure, not beginning. If we don't translate right, not beginning. Nothing. All this stuff happens only afterwards, afterwards. The structure's crystal clear. I can say to you explicitly, there are six parts. It starts with this, then this, then this, then this, then this. Okay, now begin. But if it's you are know, it's talking about something, Ah oh, do you know why why does it why are you opening your mouth? Are you insane? Meaning you're not saying. Okay? You're with me, Joey. I want you to be with me. So, when you have the Mishnah, now, le- let's give us an example of this. why, why I pro- send you an example, is we all learn in over here, correct? So now, Khezka label the parts. How many parts are to them? How, what are the parts? How many parts are there? Now, in the Mishnah, generally, generally, the way you describe the different parts, you need to come up with a vocabulary to label them. So, generally, the, the, the labels that you need to describe the parts of the Mishnah, are not as vast as the labels that you need to describe the parts of the Gemara. Because the Gemara's got a very different working mechanism to a Mishnah. The working mechanism of a Mishnah is a pretty straightforward working mechanism, even though it contains huge amounts of information hidden underneath the surface. The, the standard working mechanism of your Mishnah goes like this. Scenario, ruling. Scenario, ruling. Scenario, ruling. Now, of course, that's not true of every Mishnah And the other Mishnahist which do different things than that, and Cheska does a bit of both. And that's why it becomes a little bit complicated. But that's a good rule of thumb. If you come up with other stuff, there are other stuff. For example, sometimes there's halakhic principles in the Mishnah. The Mishnah tradition says, a woman is acquired in three ways. It's different from a presentation of a case in a ruling. It's a halakhic principle. So now over here, our Mishnah is a composite and it becomes It will become very relevant When we get on to dips Which is the Power questioning on the Mishnah What exactly the composite is. But for simplicity's sake We divide it by Mishnah Into three different topics And then we'll give it labels The topics discussed in our Mishnah Are Yisih Peres Tadir Eino Isa Peres Tadir And Sadi Ilan Those are the three big chunks in our Mishnah I don't know if anyone's holding In Zabatim still You with me in the Mishnah? El Khanon Menashe Do you remember the Mishnah of Cheska Zabatim? Do you do remember the Mishnah? Lee, do you remember the Mishnah of Chesket Sabatim? Joy, do you remember the Mishnah of Chesket Sabatim? Natan, do you remember the Mishnah? Okay, so like this, it goes. Chesket Sabatim Examples 9 examples V'abai Yosheh 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 principle principle ruling these are all scenarios scenario, scenario 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 ruling in these things this is what you do in these things what you do part one of the mission is scenario part two is ruling about scenario ruling <coughs> according to opinion number one Shmuel means Eighteen months, pin number two. Rebbe Kiver fourteen months. So you've got scenario ruling one, ruling two, ruling three. Okay. Then you've got b'meid the b'sade ilan. Yeah. Third category. Sade lo. ilan. B'meid v'sade ilan. Now, what is it true of sade ilan? Scenario. is eight of kana says ve. Yeah. Scenario. <laughs> ruling You get it? So now when I say to you The missions is right divided up into parts You can say First part consists of Scenario ruling Second part is Scenario ruling 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 Third part is Scenario ruling But you'll see that This Mishnah Actually When we start to discuss it The scenario and the rulings And the actual structure Is going to be a little bit more complex Than all that It's very different from a, from a normal Um uncomplicated structure of Mishnah. This is actually, in terms of its structure, a very complicated Mishnah. But in terms of labelling the parts, counting how many there are, and why in this order, so now why in this order, we're not going to answer this question, I'll just throw it to you. In order, the way the the Mishnah orders is in following ways. Tadir, constantly fruit-producing. Not constant fruit-producing. And then, Sadi Ilan. So why in that order? Why not begin with Sadi Elan? Why, why why start with why Oysiparis Tadir? Is it the best way to start? And then Oysiparis Tadir, Aino Tadir. And the truth is, it's quite interesting to know the categorization over here. Because there's one categorization, which is Lovon Elan. And there's another categorization, which is Tadir Eno Tadir. So which is the primary category, which is the subcategory? You follow me? Meaning, is the primary category could you, could you categorize the mission the following way the cases of peristadion, and peristadion is in lavon, and then so the Ilan is a different one and so the lavon splices into the, uh, is ter- peristadion, and is peristadion and then Ilan is the second category or is that not the way of categorizing? yes categorizing itself is an interesting cognitive skill that we'll have to speak about but in terms of Knowing what to do with the Mishnah and maybe really kind of the place where you can really go home with this is uh, in your v'kiss. Every single time you see a Mishnah, you read it through four times in loud voice. You make sure the translation is accurate. And then you think, okay, how many parts are there? What are they called? And why in this order? Boom. Right. -er. Okay? But for Ian, we're going to the next stages, which is dips. Now DIPs is how do you actually go into the analysis, into the processing of the Mishnah, and you ask yourself five different kinds of questions. DIP stands for details, illustration, inference, principle, and source now each one of these allows us a different insight into the Mishnah we'll begin with details 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 Sean if you could stay with me please Rafael Rafael you're telling him to open the door a little bit to get them fresh air. I do Okay. Uh, does anyone else want the door open a little bit? I'd like a crack, it'd be nice. A be crack? Nice. It looks like a crack's gonna be nice. nice. Um Is that a crack? I think you may be <laughs> maybe <laughs> overruled. Sorry, Akiva. But you can you want my <laughs> uh, okay. I saw that I saw that. <laughs> okay, good. Lee? Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> good. Okay, so now Details is the first thing you do when you when you've now gone and you've got the structure of the Mishnah clear and you know how many parts there are and you're relatively certain about how they interact with interact with one another. Now you go and you say details. When you see details, you have to go say which is spelled S E Y. What do you say? You have to look for anything which is strange, anything which is extra, and when you find it you have to ask yourself why. So, strange, extra, and why? So, you look through the Mishnah and you say, Is there anything strange in the Mishnah? Yes. Stra- anything strange, extra, why? Well, yes. 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 Cheska sabbatim, those first two words of the Mishnah, are extra. Because you could have just began. habatim etc. You could have deleted those first two words. So, that's extra than that, once you've got your topics out, delete all of those nine cases. Because once you've told me the principle of chol davish paris Tade, I will not apply it to anything which is produces paris on a regular basis and will fit under the category. So really, I could write my missions like this: chol davish paris ches yom yom. Boom, my mission's finished. Why do you have to say ches and Amen. How? Why? So i why? I need three examples of what assistance? I mean, grow up! Do you understand? So those are str- extra, 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 extra. Yes? And why does it say, If it says, It should say, just reflect the cloud backwards Or Just infer it Strange extra why Yes Do you understand example of strange Sorry for an extra Why, 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 why Next thing, illustration Illustration You have to be able to create in your mind's eye A vivid picture of what exactly occurred in the case of the Mishnah. Cheska Who's got the guts to paint on your Likud? Now, if you haven't, if you haven't seen this in your brain until now, let me generally at the Mishnah. Cheska What happened? <laughs> Come in. Hi. Ruvain, I haven't seen you for three years. How are you doing? What do you mean? What do you mean, get out? Get out of where? What? Get out of your house. What do you mean, your house? I bought it from you, my friend. Don't tell me this is your house. What do you mean, where's my star? Um, I don't have it anymore what do you mean you just throw away your title deed to the property that you own <laughs> what happens yes that's what happens this guy comes to me and he says you're in my house I say it's my house I bought from you he says where's your title deed I say I threw it away now once you see it that way let me ask you a question let me ask you a question Maddie yeah if your parents own their property do they have the title deed how long do they live there for years why don't they throw it away after three years it's, it's on the computer database eh? in other words if you ask me a question and you say to me three years you throw away a title deed I say you're an insane human being no you're an insane human being I think all of us any person ever on property there's you no know you'll ever 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 throw away I've got check stubs from sixteen years ago just in case so, so now to understand that through illustration getting a graphic picture so what happens so we have this inter- we have this, this kind of this interchange right and this guy says well I'm telling you and I'm saying this is my house I bought it from you so he says well where's your title D? said I don't have a title D. he said oh sure you lost it <laughs> you lost it so I said look I've got a, 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 Where were you for the last three years Why didn't you come and say anything Well because I know that I didn't say you So I didn't have to say anything Well why would we come off to Basin So we come to Basin And I said listen I've been here for three years I bought from him Three years ago His mum is lying through his teeth And this guy says He's a thief So who wins the case Comes on the mission and says I win the case Why Because I've been here for three years But what's the reason behind that Wait but That's a scenario Now if that hasn't gone through your head That means you haven't learned the Mishnah and you don't know not in the mission, it means that's just Khesgazabatim. <laughs> what we'll do we'll with Boyas and Shikim and Maois and Mechatzois and Baisabadim. And when you get to Baisabadim, it gets really tricky. Because it has Kheskas Shalashonim Miyoim L Yoim. What does it mean? What happens if in the middle of this period I decide to go to Honolulu for two weeks? Does Miyoimlioim mean twenty four seven? Yeah, twenty-four What does it mean? Show me. mean? It means from day to day, but there's an exception. To it. One second. What does it mean? You're not answering me. You're falling into the hands of the ultimate element Tomi, from What does it mean? Do I have to be there every day? day to day. Every day. Yeah. Shabbos. 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 So let's talk about based on Shachin. I have to work the field on Shabbos. It's an isur daraisa. Sh- Korei, skiller. Okay, so to get the chazaka, have to get over is to the Are yeah, you happy with that? No. No, okay. So what does Miyam mean? Um, every day that you're able to work the field and you're available, you should do Okay, it. what happens if I'm sick? You get somebody else to do it. Yeah, I have to get someone else? I can't just lie in bed? Um, are you? Ah, do you understand? You don't know what the word Miyam means. But you've learned this mission before, so where were you? Because you didn't do illustration. And you may have not noticed that all these things are extra, because you didn't do details. Now let's go into inference. Inference is if you tell me that Oisier Paris Tadir. If something which has, is that the fruits are constant, constant on, a, on a daily basis, so then I can infer, because again, Mishnah is written for inference. What's, you can infer from what's states to what's not stated. So if it tells me that you require three, four years if it does fruit every single day, so I can infer that if you do not fruit every single day, you don't require three, four years. Boom. Well, it's, it's, now it comes out that the second, based on inference, the second part of the Mishnah is superfluous boom, cross it out. So we're making this mission short and short. It's brilliant. By the end of it, we're going to have a two-line mission. Um, principle. Principle is trying to find the underlying legal mechanism upon which the mission functions. It's the why behind the what. Three years. Three years. Why? Why would three years be significant? Why would three years be significant? Why would that make me the assumed owner of this field. What's the mechanism? How does it work? How does it work? Why should that be? What's the, what's the mechanism? Does it? Is it? Boy, you begin it's like this. If so, so, someone comes up to me and they say, Seagull give me back my shirt," I say, "Your shirt, my shirt." They say, "My shirt, your shirt." No, my shirt. I say, "My shirt." No, your shirt. He says, "Good." That's what I meant. I said, "No, no." What I meant was my shirt, not your shirt, because I'm wearing the shirt. Sean, give me back my scarf, please. The scarf. Yeah. You want the scarf? It's mine. <laughs> Belongs to me. No, it belongs to me. Have you been wearing it for three years? No. Okay, give it back to <laughs> me then. Here you go. Thank you. Long lost, I get my scarf back. A <laughs> 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 I remember when I got the scarf way back in uh way back in the Jamush Jewish Community High School in uh Shoshana's Garden. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's my scarfie Right, Ba <laughs> Hashem. <laughs> give me back my sweater please. It's yours. Yes. Do you have a proof that you bought it? Yes, I do. Mean. Where's it? In Australia. <laughs> <laughs> the in Australia, one. My shirt. Give it back to me. Come on, come on, Lee. Give do it back pr- to me. Do you have proof of it? Huh? <laughs> I've got a w- two witnesses over here. That, that, that jersey belonged to me two weeks ago. That jersey, did not this one. No. That, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So there's, there's a big question as, as, you know, we all walk around wearing things and in possession of things the whole time, and we all have some kind of deep understanding that, well, if we're in possession of it somehow means that, that it's ours. So how this three years come into it? Surely if it's mine and I'm wearing it or living in it, it's mine. And uh, if, if if it's not, then anyone can kind of rip the shirt to someone else's back and say, well, the fact that you're wearing it is irrelevant. So, so what's this three years? Try to find a legal principle, and finally... Number five is source. What is it? Is this the Risa? Is this the Arbonne? This is of three years. Is it a rabbinical law? Is it the Torah law? If it's a rabbinical law, is, in, is, the, is it a decree or is it an enactment? Meaning a decree is like to protect a uh, Torah law, enactment is just like a, a rabbinical invention. Sh'mon Esra is an enactment, a decree is mukta. Um Is it the Risa? If it's the Risa, is it a Aloha of Moshe Misenai, which is purely oral, or is it a Pasuk somewhere? Or is it just logic, which is also has a status of a law? Which is it? Now the truth is, if you then go and you've done this and then you've done that, whoa, whoa, the kind of geschmackite you'll have in kind of unpacking what the mission has done. Now the pr- the chance chances are if you do this, you'll probably be left with huge amounts of unanswered questions. Okay? judge, you know this is? Uh. It's called a kli. If you have one of these and you want to fill it up, you can. Okay? you know what this is? Nothing. If you want to fill it up, you can't. A question is a kli. Once you have this, you can put in wisdom. If you don't have this, this question, so then there's nothing. Nothing goes in. So if you learn the mission and you come up with lots of questions, you've got cups. It. Now when the Gemara starts coming, whoosh, you get filled up. If you don't ask these questions... So there was nothing there to begin with no, everything that comes in just goes spills out comes in spills out comes in spills out there's nothing there to contain it so you don't have to answer your questions but you have to ask them some, some you will answer but you don't have to if you don't answer the question that's fine because you now have a to contain the wisdom when it comes and that brings to a close part 5 of the three five hopefully tomorrow we will go on to the three of www.chiddush.com thank you for your attention